welcome to Reworked, the podcast about our working lives. For many of us, the work we do defines our place in the world. Increasingly, we are looking for meaningful work, which is aligned to our personal values and beliefs. And we want to feel proud and positive about the relationships we build and the services we deliver. This week, I spoke to Jim Gant, founder, and Keith Grafham, managing director of Feed Your Elephant. Their new company develops applications which learn as you learn, intuitively understanding the speed and accuracy at which each individual user retains information. It's a really exciting prospect, especially in a world of multiple formats through which you can expand your knowledge. So I found out what makes this concept of micro-learning so effective. Jim and Keith. Thank you so much for joining the Reworked podcast. Not at all. Very kind to have us. You're very welcome to uh, the EGW Group office in London on one of the hottest days of the year. <laughs> um, and probably people, I guess, in their offices are feeling more under the under stress than ever with you know the heat and the you know but the general I guess the general the pace of work, of course, for us now the reality of it is we, we're working very quickly. We're using multiple systems all of the time. Um, and at the same time there is still a, a, a lot of um, pressure on individuals I think to keep up their learning at work um, you know, there's a lot of learning and development options available to people and those as we know can range from kind of I guess at one end of the scale residentials uh, six month programmes one day courses but then and then smaller bite-sized pieces of learning which is what I'm really excited to talk to you about and then I guess even beyond that just that more informal learning that people do when they're watching little how-to YouTube videos or um, TED talks or whatever that is so I guess as a kind of lead into what you're doing how does how does what you're doing fit in that spectrum and what is spaced learning yeah yeah okay um well, I, th- I think, so, so we've um, created an app, uh, business is called uh, Feed Your Elephant, and um, the app is designed to help people with all these kind of learning and development challenges. Um, I guess the app itself uh, combines two techniques, which are kind of fairly well established in, in, uh, in terms of the, uh, the science behind their effectiveness. Um, the f- one of which is um, space learning or space repetition, as it's as it's quite long, commonly called, uh, and the other of which is is known as micro learning. So micro learning is um, it's the premise that w- whenever we try and learn any body of knowledge, uh, we tend to do so in 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 large chunks. So it would be in an organisation, typically an afternoon's training, or if it's something you're doing for yourself, you might do an evening's revision, or if you're um, uh, in a, a more formal learning environment, it would be an hour's lesson or a lecture or something along those lines. And uh, all of that is great, and it happens for very important practical reasons, but um, uh, a lot of the science suggests that rather than learning in these big chunks, we learn much more effectively if we try and break the knowledge down into tiny little bite-sized pieces and, and do little, uh, little segments of learning, just a, just a few minutes each time, and try and spread that learning out as much as we possibly can. And um, microlearning can be quite passive. It can be just 
be occasionally um, dipping in and watching a video or reading an article, but it can be more, also be more active than that. So it can kind of directly ask you questions about the subject matter. And um, the, uh, again, the science shows that if you actively answer questions around what you're trying to learn, it again is a much more effective way of, of cementing that knowledge into your long-term memory. Um, our app is quite strict in terms of micro-learning, so it's, it's, uh, we, we, we sometimes describe it as an app that doesn't let you play it all the time. It's, um, uh, it'll let you have a short go, and then when it feels like you've, you've had your fill for now, uh, it forces you to put the app away, and then it will um, send you a reminder when, when you're next due to do a bit of learning. Mm, so you get away from that, that feeling that we, I guess a lot of people are familiar with with e-learning where you that temptation to race through to the end just to get this yeah. task done. Yeah, exactly. I think we're all quite guilty at the moment of binging a little bit when it comes to using our apps and our, and our mm. smartphones. And it's, it's, it, it can be a little bit jarring at first being, being forced to kind of put your phone away and go, to, go and do something else. But you quickly kind of get into the swing of it and the routine of it. So the other aspect to it is, um, and this is a very old technique, I think first described back in the 1890s, but um, the premise that whenever we learn an individual piece of knowledge, which, which can be a very simple single question, what tends to happen is if, if I give you a new bit of information, you, you obviously now know that because I, I just, just told you um, a minute ago and you'll be able to recall it quite freely, but that single bit of information will start to fade from your memory according to a very well-known curve known as the forgetting curve. And, um, and that'll be different for different people. Different for different people, yeah, different... yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also different for um, different bits of information. So if the information is very simple, then the forgetting curve initially will be quite shallow. But if it's a complex piece of information, you'll, you'll forget it more quickly. Uh, and... Um, it turns out, so let's say we, we gave you a piece of information, it was fairly simple, and you managed to retain that piece of information for around about 30 minutes. You can imagine a scenario where if I were to ask you to repeat what I just told you, after 29 minutes, you might, you might struggle to recall it from your memory, but just about to be able to pull it from the recesses and, and regurgitate it back to me. If I were to ask you after, say, 31 minutes, you might have the same struggle, but this time you wouldn't quite be able to recall it and you'd have to ask me what it was again. Mm. Or I guess you could recall it incorrectly. Yeah, possibly. So jumble yeah. it up somewhere yeah. with some yeah. other pieces of information. Yeah, but we're, we're all familiar with the kind of knowledge that's almost on the tip of our tongues. We know we know it, but we just can't seem to access it at this mm. moment in time. And it turns out that the most effective way to keep these bits of knowledge and prevent them from fading away is to try and catch you just before you're about to forget that piece of information. So at the, at, in our example, around about the 29 minute mark. Mm. And if you repeatedly do that, so um, for each bit of information, um, constantly uh, repeat and drill with it, then over time it will get stored into your long-term memory and, and the app obviously, as you make your progress, starts to release new bits of information into the mix and eventually over time the the um, the more challenging bits the, the things you're struggling with the things that you didn't know beforehand at all you, you'll find yourself being drilled on those bits and, and eventually they, they will start to stick and then at that point the, the app starts to space the learning out for that piece of information okay. more and more that's really interesting Jim so the um, for more complex information how long is the in your app or you know in space learning how, 
how long is the, the learning going to be, how long are you going to keep that reminder ticking, ticking over? For? Yeah, I mean, potentially, um, if it's stuff you really do want for your, for your long-term memory, you, you would quite possibly continue using the app um, uh, permanently because um, even stuff we, we really solidly feel like we know, even that is subject to the forgetting curve. And mm. over very long periods, if you're not reminded of that piece of information, it will still decay according to a very shallow curve. Okay, so there's no end to that, that curve. It's a no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a life. It's lifelong learning, as it were. Is there um, a comparison here with how people learn languages? And obviously, in the classroom, you can learn you can learn vocabulary and grammar and the sort of the structure of a language. But actually, nothing beats learning a language like going in, into the the country of its yeah. origin, speaking that language with people. And, um, over a period of time. Yes, yeah, and, and space repetition is one area where, where it has been very widely adopted already, so there's a lot of language learning apps out there that do utilise space repetition, especially for improving things like vocabulary and, and, and basic rules and so forth. In fact, I think there's an app um, recently come out um, or to be launched called Fluent Forever, which is just recently broken all records on Kickstarter, which is an example of a, of a spaced spacing app. Right. Sounds sounds great. I, feel like mm. I need that in my life already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, is this in your mind, Jim, something that stands alone? I'm sure it does stand alone. And to what extent is it is it a standalone piece of le- um, way of learning? And to what extent is, does it complement, or should it complement, other face to face or online? Yeah, very very good question. So um, we certainly don't think that this is a kind of replace other um, formats of learning uh, type of um, bit of software. Um, if anything, in a perfect world, what you would do is uh, spend that afternoon training or spend that hour doing a lesson, but then reinforce the learning that you've taken from that session with some form of micro-learning and, and spacing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about, um, I'm thinking about the work that we do, which is, obviously there are, you might be asking people to retain information around the law or um, specific terms for different types of bias for example Mm -hmm. but in terms of the behavioural change how in your mind does it support that as opposed to just remembering facts and figures yeah so I mean I think our premise with that is um, everybody likes to be knowledgeable around certain areas and if you feel like you're uh, maybe lacking in knowledge in a certain area you're more likely to kind of shy away from the behaviours that uh, uh, benefit from that knowledge so um, Conversely, if you feel like an expert, you're more likely to um, apply that knowledge to your everyday behaviour in your, in your working life. And I would, in the specific example of um, uh, unconscious bias, um, I think if you knew what you're talking about, you, you might be more inclined to pull somebody up if you, if you suspected they were um, um, guilty of allowing uh, affinity bias or something along those lines to creep into their um, decision-making during... Mm. Uh, during their office life. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I can see how that works. Um, so let's just rewind a minute. To, <laughs> this is a relatively new. This is an exciting startup project. Yeah, you know, we all we're all excited about startups. So how? What's the origins of the business? So where did yeah. I guess where did where did the idea come from? And what does the name what does the name mean? Feed your elephant. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, well, I have to kind of rewind quite a long way, actually, to, to begin to answer that question. So I first, um, I, I, 
I'd never heard of space repetition or microlearning, but I, I first experimented with this idea way back when I was at school. Um, I, I had been taught to program by my father, who was um, an electrical engineer, and bought, bought a, uh, a ZX81 into our household when I was very young. And, and so sadly, uh, I was able to program uh, when I was sort of around 13, 14 years of age. And I remember really quite clearly, we, we've all probably got memories like this, of um, doing particularly badly in a French vocabulary, vocabulary exam and being made an example of by the uh, teacher involved in front of the class. And, and, and I was told to go away for the weekend and, uh, and come back on Monday and retake the test and see if I could do any better. Uh, so I thought, well, maybe one way of approaching this would be to uh, write a little program on, on my computer and get it to test me over the weekend. Of course um, you did. The rest of us were playing yeah. Pac-Man. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, like every other child, <laughs> yeah. you were writing a yeah. program. I yes. did say sadly, yeah. <laughs> um, but it worked. Uh, and I, I went back in and uh, I, I remember I got every single question right on that uh, exam, apart from one. And, and when I looked back into it, it was because I typed it in wrong. Uh, into the computer in the first place, uh, so wow. it, it it sort of got me thinking as to you know why it was so effective, and um, I think I probably um, didn't do a lot with it for a while, but I dusted it off again at university, and it helped me to pass a few exams, a few of the more tricky knowledge-based exams that I was facing at university, uh, and then I've used it a couple of times uh, since that. Um, unfortunately for me. Uh, life had taken over a little bit so I was running a, a technology business at the time and very busy so I never really got the opportunity to um, to, uh, to expand on the idea but um, uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to um, sell that business and, and when I left I took some time out and it was that point that I um, decided to play with turning this idea into an app and that's how um, how, how the app came about. That's a great story. <laughs> and it is. What was the moment? Just, I'm, just, I'm curious to know the moment when you were on your your kind of gap, your yeah. your break in between selling the business. What was the moment where you thought the idea came back into your head? Did you, was there a yeah. little, little light bulb moment for you? You thought I need to pick that up again. Yeah, I, th- I think it was sort of um, fairly on, fairly early on. I was um, Apple had brought out a new programming language, and I, I was just sort of playing with it and trying out ideas and it was one of the, the many ideas I tried but as soon as I had it kind of up and running I realised how powerful it was to have it in an app format where you could take it with you kind of wherever you go and dip in and out of it whenever you whenever you feel like so all of a sudden releasing it from the kind of um, PC based um, software into an app that was probably a bit of a light bulb mm. moment for me mm. and Keith hello Managing Director of Feed Your Elephants. That's right. So when did you come into the into this exciting story? Yeah, so um, so Jim and I uh, met a few years ago through a business group through the uh, BGP course from Cranfield University. Uh, so we kind of met a couple of times. I was at that time running a uh, board game company, an educational board games company for games for children. Um, and uh, so we kind of our paths crossed a couple of times and then more recently um, Jim spoke to me about the app with potential for using it in the board game company and at the time um, there were some changes going on with the business so I sort of said to Jim that it's not a good time I'm thinking of moving on to something else anyway Um, and so then our discussions turned more into hey why don't we do this together 
and uh, and I thought I have no clue when it comes to technology or coding. And Jim knows all about it, which was great. So it seemed like a good partnership. So um, so yeah, I joined the business in April, and, um, and we sort of started off from there really. But it's it's been a lot of fun. Sure, it has. So, from a client, you're obviously a client-facing yes. person like me. Um, what are the sort of the key features of spaced or micro learning that you're finding the people you're speaking to? I guess they're learning, learning and development people, HR people. Yeah. What are the key selling points for them? What are they getting excited about when you're going to talk to them about this? I think uh, they get excited because it's app-based first and foremost. Because I think that. Um, people are moving more and more towards a, a mobile learning space. Um, so at the, the whole app approach is good. But also it just, I think as Jim's discussed about space learning, micro learning, it's common sense and, it, and you don't need to know the science behind it to know that that kind of is how we learn. Um, so I think for, for people to see it in action, um, they're, up, they're seeing that actually this does work and it's a really simple way of doing things. And the, the beauty behind the technology is that it's it's individual to you. So as you mentioned earlier about the learning, the forgetting curve, everyone has different uh, forgetting curves and different information that will be different. So to have one app in an organisation that actually um, everyone's working at their own pace and it's, and it's working from their answers is really important. Mm. Um, and I think you you asked about the, the name Feed Your Elephant and, and one, of the, one of the reasons we landed on that name was because it's personal. So it's about you. Um, so it's an individual thing, even though the content could be across a group of people. Um, the actual pace of learning and the, the technology works specifically to you. So it's and it's and it's like going to the gym when you when you go to the gym and you're working on muscles. You have to stretch those muscles and use them. And so you know the, the app is is about active learning and it's about stretching your brain and pushing your brain and that's when it works best to learn. So. Mm. Yeah, that is a really exciting part of this, isn't it? That it's absolutely tailored to the individual. Yeah. Um, and I guess in, in all the other types of learning that we've just touched upon, nothing else, there's no other way of getting that, is there? Kind, no. of, kind of very individual experience. And I think we all, you know, the clever thing is it's learning, the app works with you, it's learning from your answers and mm. working out how long to space questions and information out. Um, and that's exciting for people to think they're not being pushed at a pace that is too fast for them, but also it's, been, it's not going to be too slow as well. So um, I think mm. that's, that's a clear benefit, and it's, and it's bespoke. So you can, again, you can tailor the, the content that you're learning to, to what you, is important to your role or your desired learning. Yeah, yeah, sure. And you mentioned um, measuring, measurement, metrics, obviously, with, with any online learning you get a whole you've got all that lovely data to get yeah. your hands on which is fantastic how do you uh, i'm imagining an hr person listening to this might think well what, how do i police this yeah. I, so this is a, I imagine i've got a mandatory course i'm going to do it through space learning how do i make sure that everybody's engaging in it i mean there's there's a couple of ways which which we use one is the first and probably most important is about usage so we can measure the usage but by user for each uh, app. So essentially you can assume that if people are using that they are learning and, and if they're using it correctly they're learning. So by measuring the usage we can see who's who's really engaged in this and who isn't, who you know how do we how do we 
engaged people and why they're not engaged and that sort of thing. So you can actually kind of progress that way. Um, and then we also do a thing called a knowledge audit, which is essentially um, the app uh, goes into knowledge audit mode and then we can face-to-face ask 25 questions and that can become, that can be random or they can be chosen modules. So you can, again, focus learning on the individual for specific areas or you can take an overall view and say, kind of, where are we at? Um, and so that would give us a, a score out of 25 to see. And, and the, the reason behind that is not necessarily to kind of test people, but it's to measure progress. So in one example, with the business we've worked with, we did a, a trial where across the, uh, the trial uh, people, the average score on the first knowledge audit before they started using the app was about 48%. And then after three weeks of using the app, we did the same knowledge audit and the average score was 84%. Mm. Um, so what we're looking at there is we're looking at, are you learning and is this working for you? Are you progressing? Not what's your score and how do you compare to other people? Because again, it's about individuals progressing and that progression turning into you know, increased performance. Mm. And presumably with that group, you're going to track them in the longer yeah, so a longer can, period. Yeah, absolutely. You can yeah. track it. And it depends on, again, you know, which modules they're focusing on and how you want to progress and track that. Um, and that actually is a way which some businesses can then um, can in- engage that into the, the whole kind of um, employee development side of things and, mm. and include that in their progression through the business as well. And, and a couple of other businesses have talked to us about using the app for encouraging people who want to progress in the business to, to develop their knowledge of other areas in the business which aren't necessarily specific to their role currently, but they want to be able to show knowledge in that area to progress into that, which is quite encouraging. Mm, I can definitely imagine this working in a kind of future, if you wanted to take a cohort of future leaders or future you know, senior managers, that they they undertake a, a course through through space learning to kind of prepare themselves for that next yeah, step. Absolutely. Um, so... So where have you, can you tell us some, an example of somewhere where you've, you've been working recently and what the yeah, impact I mean, was? Yeah, uh, we're talking to lots of businesses. Um, we, we've got one business uh, who have been using the app and, um, on, on a sort of longer-term basis and, and they're uh, using it in different ways. So uh, the, the key areas really are kind of onboarding, compliance and training. And sales product training as well, and service product training is quite quite a good area as well. But um, the business that we've been working with closely, they've got, um, they've, I think through acquisition, they've had about two or three businesses come together in different locations. So they've used it in a, in a way to, to help staff understand the bigger business perspective and understand who the key players are on the other sides of the business, which has been quite useful. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so it's being used as a kind of cultural tool to bring, yeah. bring them all together under one culture. Yeah, absolutely. Same visions also, and values. And it's like you're saying about behaviour. It's, it's about, it's about um, clearly through the app stating what this business is about, what, what, we, what we're strong and what are our values, mm. and everyone having that same information and learning that same information. And I think, as Jim said earlier, if you... If you have information, then I think it leads to behavioural change because you have to, because you know more than you did. And in this example, there were two customer services uh, people at the business. One used the app, one didn't. Uh, and the one who used the app 
after three weeks was saying, I feel so much more confident in my knowledge, even though she didn't really know loads more, but she just was much more confident that her knowledge was correct and that she felt more confident on the phone. They noticed in her phone calls that she was talking more proactively, selling up into the customers and just had a better confidence generally around her on the phone. So that's, that's important, I think, for businesses. Yeah, fantastic. Great. Well, just before we kind of sign off, yeah. um, I had a question about, because we're going to go offline and have a conversation about how we might work together, which yeah. I'm very excited about. Um, kind of what, yeah, what next for the business? And, and I mean, I was thinking about this, talking to a client about this yesterday, who my dream clients would be, but where, where do you see this working? You know, where do you want to take this app? Well, I think for me, the reason why I, Work started working with Jim and joined Jim in it because I just thought my mind was just exploding with all the different possibilities because it literally can work in any scenario in any business and, and that and everyone I speak to says oh, I know how I could use that um, and I think for me the exciting thing is that by giving people more information if you give them that confidence that I've just mentioned they will improve and they will be you know better people themselves and making the person better I think where we feel the app really could have its most impact is in sort of medical profession, first aid, in that area where actually it could be the difference between saving a life or not. And I think, you know, to me that's a really powerful thing where I've spoken to a number of people I know in the medical profession and they said, oh, you know, there's lots of times where we're trying to recall information quickly in, a, in an emergency situation and it's not always easy to do that um, because we've, you know, not had that situation for a long time or before. And I think if we could if we could impact those areas, that'd be great. Um, we're also talking to various museums, science museum, naturalist museum, and, and in those areas where you're encouraging people to learn more. And the brain is infinite, so the, the, the amount of knowledge you can retain is infinite. Um, oh, I see. So, so as a kind of visitor interface, so yeah, you're interpreting just, collections or exhibitions or yeah, but also um, encouraging people to learn more about. The history and the knowledge, and the you know, so the Naturalist Museum look at dinosaurs, Science Museum talking about inventions and the periodic table and all sorts of things. So I think if we can encourage people to learn more and people get more knowledgeable, then that's got to be a good thing for mm. where they take that information. Great. What about you, Jim? Uh, Taking you back to your thirteen-year-old <laughs> self. Yeah, I mean, probably one of the things to mention actually is um, uh, we've we've done a consumer-facing uh, app release with the Decanter magazine, which um, is all uh, about learning about wine, which is a subject close to many people's hearts. Yeah. Uh, and we're potentially exploring the opportunities to, to enable people to learn more about uh, music and arts and so forth. So, mm. so um, yeah. So it's going to have that um, B2C business yes, exactly. consumer angle where people could, you know, for, for developing your own passions and interests. Yes, yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, so lots of opportunities. Yeah, an yeah, opportunity I mean, to, to learn lots about wine and impress your friends. <laughs> yeah. and recall that information at any moment. We would, we would love to see hundreds of apps on the App Store that people can just access all sorts of information that's yeah. specific to them and that hopefully will enhance their lives, which mm. is a good thing. It is, very much. We love learning. Absolutely. Um, I'm really excited about this, so... Um, Let's go off and have a conversation about how we can we can work together with EW Brilliant. Group. But in the meantime, thank you so much for coming out to meet see me on this very hot day. Um, 
your we'll link to your um, obviously to your website in the episode notes. And I'm also going to put a link in there to a really great video which you just shared with me earlier, um, Keith, of the kind of explaining an illustrated illustrated video showing how space learning actually works, yeah. which I think people will find interesting. So that'll be in the episode notes. Um, in the meantime, uh, oh, last question: Where can we find you on Twitter? You got a Twitter account? Uh, it's hash elephant feeder. Hash elephant feeder, right, so we'll check you out on there. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, really, really, really fascinating story of how this business has originated and good luck, good luck in the future. Not at all. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank I do hope you've enjoyed this episode of Reworked. The Reworked podcast is a fortnightly programme and it's produced by diversity consultancy EW Group. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a review on the homepage or better still, subscribe and then you can keep up to date with all future episodes. I've been your host, Rachel Wilson, and you can find me on Twitter at RAO Wilson and at The EW Group. Join us next time for more Reworked. Reworked.